I have a question for you. When was the last time you looked carefully at the headlines and then burst out loud in a few rousing choruses of he's got the whole world in his hands? I won't ask for a show of hands. I will simply say that hasn't happened to me in a good long while. Here's what happens instead. I was looking at headlines the other day. There's a gentleman teaching math at a middle school in England. It was an all-girls school. The whole class did well on their tests. And so he said to these young ladies, good job, girls. Oh my goodness, one of the young ladies had already decided that she wasn't a young lady. And she not only had canceled reality about herself, she would cancel anyone who did not dance to her tune. So even though the instructor immediately apologized, the Educational Licensing Board of England decided he did not apologize abjectly enough. And that to maintain respect for the discipline of teaching, he would not only be fired, he would be precluded from ever teaching again. He would be precluded from ever working with children again. He couldn't work in a summer camp. He has a family and he has no job. I read that and did not start singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. You say, well, but Father, that, that's in England. I mean, they, they still use the metric system. That doesn't have anything to do with reality. But in Michigan, legislation is making its way through the State House that if you commit the crime that that man did, if you use the wrong pronouns, even accidentally, you can be charged with a felony, fined $10,000, and imprisoned for five years. When you are released from prison, it will be on your permanent record that you are a convicted felon. You will not be able to vote, you will not be able to purchase a firearm, and you'll be really hard to employ. I read that and did not burst into rousing choruses of he's got the whole world in his hands. And yet when we turn to scriptures, we read here in the Gospel of Matthew, at that time Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for though you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Oh, really? Not so fast, Jesus of Nazareth. There was a time when little ones could look down and figure out who they are, but now people with letters like PhD and MD after their name, sometimes birth, both, are telling our children, you can't trust your lying eyes. Let us help you with that. So the world has gone mad, and I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing that the club of people who should really know better, membership in that club seems to expand exponentially. But rather than close the book, I kept on reading. Our Lord says this, come to me all you who labor and are burdened. So, well, gosh, now you got my attention. I labor, I'm pretty sure you labor too. I am burdened. I'm willing to bet that you are burdened too. What is the carpenter? 
have to say to us about that. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. That's what I want. I want rest. I want the noise to stop. I want the aggravation to stop. I want the frustration to stop. I want to be able to close my eyes and know that I live in a sane and moral universe. And then our Lord says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What does it mean? What is he talking about, a yoke? Well, you know, if you've got a farm animal like an ox pulling the plow, you've got to put a collar on them to harness them to the plow. And when he says, take my yoke upon you, in his time, the oxen were yoked side by side. They were a team. So when he says, take my yoke upon you, he's saying, let me carry your burdens. Let me walk with you. Let me shoulder the load. Well, now this is sounding attractive, isn't it? And then he says something that's a little bit puzzling if you're not careful. He says, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you might say, well, no, wait a minute. I'm not interested in meek. If you say that, that only means you don't know what the word meek means. Meek doesn't mean passive. It doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean being a good victim. Meekness is righteous anger under control. It's a disciplined strength. See, we have this illusion that when Christ ascended into heaven, we were left on our own. He's an absentee landlord. He's going to correct. He's just going to come back and collect the rent at the end of time. No. Christ crucified and risen is reigning now. Christ the King has not surrendered one speck of his sovereignty. The universe is still a moral universe. His victory is still true and decisive. We don't see with his eyes because we are in time. We don't see what he has already realized. But we know that good wins, that evil will fail, and that the wicked will be punished, and the martyrs will be vindicated. He says something else. Come to me, and you will find rest for yourselves on the condition that we come to him that we put down our devices and stop doom scrolling, that we turn off our screens, that we distance ourselves from our addictions and seductions and our toxic relationships, and that we give him our undivided attention by praying every day, by coming to Mass early and prepared and leaving late, or at least allowing people to enjoy some silence and prayer and thanksgiving after Mass is over. Everything that we claim that we're thirsting for and we're looking for, rest, peace, hope, He 
wants to give us on the condition that we come before him with wide open hands and a silent heart. On this day of Sabbath rest, let's claim the promises of the Christ of God because living apart from his promise is going to kill us all. God has better for us than we want for ourselves. May God's holy name be praised now and forever. Amen.